You're listening to the Upper Hand Fantasy Podcast. Now, here's your host, Faraz Sadiqi and Zach Rizzuto. Moving on to the Eagles and Patriots, Kenny Gainwell, he was, in fact, the guy for the Eagles. 62% of snaps. Uh, DeAndre Swift played on only 29% of snaps, got three opportunities in this game. Insane. Uh, Gainwell ended up with 14 carries and four targets, 18 opportunities, and then, of course, Boston Scott gets the goal line snap, the lone goal line snap that they have. So um, not great, but I'll say this, though. Kenny Gainwell is a priority pickup on the waiver wire. You know, they had DeAndre Swift all offseason. Um, he was healthy throughout all of camp. But Kenny Gainwell, this lines up with the reports that Elliot Shore Parks have been has been dishing out, you know, throughout the throughout training camp that Kenny Gainwell is the RB one. And it turned out to be true. So pick up Gainwell. This is what they were doing all during camp. Um I am not dropping DeAndre Swift yet. I will drop Rashad Penny if I drafted him. He was not even active. He was a healthy scratch in this game. Um, so those are the two guys I would be rostering right now. But I would not drop Swift. I want a little bit more. But I'm definitely pick up, picking up Kenny Gainwell, though. Yeah, and that's the only way to trade it. With Kenneth Gainwell, the reports came kind of late in the offseason where they said, yeah, Kenneth Gainwell is going to be the guy suddenly. We were like, really? This is a little bit late for this news to come in, and suddenly he's going to be the guy. But he was. And it sucks because DeAndre Swift went from getting the DeAndre Swift treatment in Detroit, traded to the to the Eagles, and is now getting the DeAndre Swift treatment in Philly. It's just like, it sucks because we know the type of player he is. But if this is the way it's going to be, 100%, you have to pick up Kenneth Gainwell. You have to take what they've given you and just do what you can with it. I'm not dropping DeAndre Swift either. I wouldn't even consider that after one week because we know I mean, I held. I mean, I held on to DeAndre Swift last year for many <laughs> weeks, <laughs> just hoping, holding out for the best, and thinking, right. "All right, maybe one day he'll get the usage that he deserves." But this is one week, and it was kind of an off day for the Eagles' offense too. So it's really confusing right now. <laughs> What's going on? It was raining. They were playing the Patriots, who were pretty good on defense. But for me, there's no reason to drop DeAndre Swift. Don't like go sell him for nobody. Don't go sell him for Tutu Atwell even though he's going to be a waiver wire pickup too. Um, but yeah, DeAndre Swift, you can't just leave him out right now because we know what he can do. We just have to see if, he, if he's going to get that usage or not. A couple of weeks from now, we'll have a better idea. Ramondre Stevenson played on 73% of snaps in this game. That's great, but Zeke got too many touches. Um, yeah. <laughs> seven carries and seven targets for Zeke. Um, they did play 80 snaps in this game, but still like 12 carries and six targets for Zeke. Um, I mean, for Vermondre, sorry, is solid enough to be a high end RB2. Um, but, you know, Zeke did get the lone goal line snap. Vermondre got all the two minute work, which is good. Um, he did also catch all six of his targets for 64 yards. So that tied with Kendrick Bourne, who had 11 targets himself. Uh, Mac Jones, after the game, called Kendrick Bourne his go to guy. And he was his go-to guy in this game. Um, Hunter Henry caught five or six targets for 56 yards and a touchdown. He's another tight end pickup that you can make if you need one. Uh, Juju ran a, a route on less than 50% of Mac Jones' dropbacks, which is not good at all. This basically yeah. means that these all these other receivers are playing over him right now. Okay, he's healthy. Um, now, Kendrick Bourne ran the most routes by far. Like, it wasn't even close. So him being, and it was a rotation everywhere else besides him. So him being the number one here kind of makes sense, like in terms of what happened in this game. So I I will be looking for Kendrick Bourne on waivers. Why? Because this is a real offense now. Okay, the offense looks completely different 
Okay, 316 passing yards by Mac Jones against the Eagles. Very solid performance. Um, now, Devontae Parker might be back next week. I don't know. I, I don't know how different is going. this is going to look. To be honest, they did give him a deal. Maybe that means something. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Because if you told me that Kendrick Bourne was going to have this type of game, I would have been like, no, it ain't going to happen. Um, but I'm interested. Am I dropping a shit ton of fab on Kendrick Bourne? No. But I'm interested. As a depth piece, 100%. I'm not picking up Kendrick Kendrick Bourne to fill in one of my wide receiver two or three spots. Like I'm not even sure. I think you could get away with starting him at flex if Mac Jones really does say he's his go-to guy. That's what he looked like. But the biggest thing for me from the Patriots game was that, you're right, the Patriots looked like they were a real offense. And it's weird because that happens when you have an offensive coordinator. Like Maybe that maybe, – is there a correlation there? Better offense with an <laughs> offensive coordinator? There could be. But anyway, the res- the passing game looked much better. I mean, Mac Jones was airing it out. We didn't see any of that last year. So this is good news. Kendrick Bourne, if this was like, oh, Kendrick Bourne had one touchdown and five catches, like that would be one thing. But he had more than that, 100%. And Mac Jones was looking for him. He had a bunch of two touchdowns, it was. So this isn't like a fluke thing, I don't think. Even though they were playing from behind most of the game, and you see that with the amount of snaps that they played, 80 total snaps. But you can't just rule out Kendrick Bourne. So I'm in on Kendrick Bourne. Juju Smith-Schuster wasn't too happy with the way he was used at this point. He seems like he's just going to be like a spot contributor, which not good because Juju, remember what he could have been. Remember the hype when he went to the Chiefs? You're like, maybe he can be Patrick Mahomes number one. And of now course. he's fallen all the way down. He's just not really viable at this point. And Ramondre Stevenson... He got his work in the receiving game. I just don't like seeing that much Zeke. You're right. And, you know, I, I'm a Cowboys fan. Good for Zeke that he's going to get those touches. But if they're going to be at the expense of Ramondre Stevenson, dude, you've done your damage taking points away from viable fancy running backs. Like, just let it go. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? 100%, man. And, and, and again, this is why we play in percentages, right? Because 11 targets sounds like a ton, right? But in reality, 11 targets was only a 21.5% target share. Okay. So it's not like a 30%, 40%, right? So just keep that in mind, you know, when you're picking up Kendrick Bourne, Kendrick Bourne is on my waiver wire list. He is the seventh. Uh, he's he ranks seventh uh, on my waiver wire list for pickups this week. Um, all right, moving on. Ram Seahawks, Puka Nakua, my number one waiver wire out of the week. Okay. 15 yep. targets, 39% target share. He went 10 for 119. Tutu Atwell went uh, also at 119 yards as well on half the targets. Uh, eight targets, six catches, 119 yards. He looked great. But the target share for Puka was absolutely ridiculous, dude. This is what I was looking at at the Senior Bowl. Like the way that Matt Stafford was using him in this game literally was what I saw at the Senior Bowl on, on, in that one day. And this is why I've been right. touting Puka ever since. He, if you had the rookie draft kit, you know what's up. Who was my biggest sleeper? You know, it's Puka Nakua, Michael Wilson, right? Those were the guys. Guess what? Both of those guys, you know, were supposed to be later round picks. Puka ended up being a later round pick. Guess what? Mm-hmm. Starting week one, whether uh, Cooper Cup was active or not, right? And then all, now Michael Wilson as well, like starting in three wide receiver sets. So it was really good to see. Um, but Puka, man, like he looked really, really good. You know, he was the security blanket. And uh, I would be, you know, trying really hard to get him on my roster. I think that there is a good chance that he is still fantasy relevant even when Cooper comes back. And yeah. 
The question is if he comes back. I personally think that Cooper Cup's going to be back in week five. I think it's going to happen. I think he'll be fine. Um, is it possible that Puka Nakua just goes completely away? I think so. It's possible. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, the way I look at it is if a wide receiver comes in and demands 15 targets as a rookie, you got to pay attention. Right. I mean, you look at it. He, even if Cooper Cup does come back in week five, you still have three weeks with Puka Nakua. And who yeah. Matthew Stafford used like he used Cooper Cup. He's just dialed in on him, throwing it to him constantly. It was awesome. This, for me, was like unprecedented. Not just Puka Nakua, obviously, but the Rams offense looking as good as it did. Like One of the takeaways for me was Matthew Stafford looked like Matthew Stafford. Last year, when Matthew Stafford was on the field, he wasn't playing well. And that was with Cooper Cup on the field. Now he comes in, and he was slinging it. Like Puka Nakua, he's slotted to play behind Van Jefferson. And he had a bad fantasy outing. And he had a bad drop for Matthew Stafford. And Matthew Stafford, you yeah. saw him, he was... Hands on his head. He's like, Wide oh, open. Because it was down the field, too. It would have been a big play. So Van it Jefferson. Been a touchdown. Yeah. So Van Jefferson didn't do himself any favors. You know, if he wants to keep himself ahead of Puka Nakua in both his workload and on the depth chart, yesterday def- definitely didn't help at all. So if I look at Nakua, who does he have to compete with? I had gone into the week saying, man, Tyler Higby's target share is going to be ridiculous. He had three targets. It's like, <laughs> it yeah. was. Out of nowhere, Puka Nakua made Tyler Higby irrelevant. So this is definitely something to pay attention to. I like Tutu as well. Also, I think if you don't want to be in the bidding war for Puka Nakua, if you go after Tutu at well, you can get him probably at a bargain. No one's really thinking about yeah. him. And he can have, uh, he can be a value. He's not going to return the type of production that Puka Nakua is going to get if he keeps getting this type of workload. But both of these guys should be targeted on the waiver wire. It just depends how much you want to pay up right now. It's a long season. But you don't want to miss out on Puka Nakua if you can get him. I'm with you, man. Now, Kyron Williams was the guy for the Rams in the backfield. Surprise, surprise. (laughs) He had 15 carries, two touchdowns, two targets. Uh, He ran a route on 74% of dropbacks. Okay. So he got to be picked up as well, guys. Okay. He is my number three ranked waiver wire option. Okay. So we got Puka Nakua at number one. Kenny Gainwell, we talked about at number two. Karen Williams at number three. Josh Kelly at number four. Jacoby Myers was at number six. Kendrick Bourne was at number seven. Did we talk about... Um, We already talked about JK yesterday, right? So I can talk about number five. Number five was Justice yeah. Hill. Number six is Jacoby Myers. Number seven is Kendrick Bourne. And we'll get to some more uh, in a minute here. But like... Kyron and, and Cam Akers, you know, they kind of split carries for the most part early on, you know, while the game was close. You know, once the Rams had a lead in the fourth, Akers really started to take most of the carries. But it looks like Kyron is the guy. Like, I'll be looking for him on the wire if I need help at running back for sure. Um, you know, he was at the goal line, right? He got those looks, which was really important, especially early on. He was running a ton of routes. Listen, like, this Rams offense is looking a lot better than I thought it would against the Seahawks, to be honest with you. And um, now I'm interested. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? (laughs) Um, What happened to the Seahawks, though? Like, Gino was terrible, dude. Like, this offense, they didn't have any clue, like, how to do anything. You know, like, Kenneth Walker, he was a primary early down back. That backfield was looking okay. Um, Charbonnet kind of mixed in a little bit, but he was pretty much a backup. Um, DJ Dallas was a passing down guy, two-minute guy. That's not good. Right, no. so like we have a three minute, three man backfield almost, but Walker is the guy. Like I'm, he's startable as an RB two every week. Um, but man, this passing offense, like they 
they did not look good in this game. And in a good matchup, too. Like, I remember we were talking about who is going to cover DK Metcalf, that kind of thing. Like, they had nobody. And I saw DK Metcalf blow up. Was it Akella Witherspoon? One of the guys. I think so, yeah. Yeah. Like, just out of nowhere. That's the type of day it was. This doesn't help the Geno Smith flash in a pan deniers at all. You know what I mean? Like, last season, it was really good. But what happened... Like it just doesn't make any sense. Geno Smith gets more weapons and plays worse <laughs> in a matchup that was pretty favorable for him too. Like I was blown away by this, but with Cam Akers and Kyron Williams too, like this reminds me of last year all over again. Daryl Henderson randomly was getting snaps over Cam Akers after a whole offseason of hype that Cam Akers is a guy. Then Cam Akers is second fiddle. Same thing this year. Cam Akers is a guy. This is finally the year for him. Have you, have you heard anything about Kyron Williams <laughs> potentially playing over him? Because I didn't. We haven't heard anything about Cam Akers being the guy either. You know, that's 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 a thing. And that's, uh, you know, I had no, I had there was no entry point into the Rams and what they were going to do. Like, we heard a lot about Buka, right? We heard a lot about him because they talked about a ton about him. But when it came to Cam Akers, man, we didn't hear a word from anybody. And... You know, we did hear some, you know, like we heard similar things about Kyron Williams last offseason, but it didn't really turn into something real. Um, this season, though, after knowing what Cam Akers did last year, at the end of the year, they're still playing Kyron Williams like they are now. That's troublesome for Cam Akers, for sure. That's what makes no sense to me. Like you have that type of finish and now Kyron Williams coming in. It's just it's just not sitting right with me. I, I think there's maybe Sean McVay's just holding something against Cam Akers. That's what it must be at this point. It's just Kyron Williams is definitely a pickup, 100%. He's got way more run than Cam Akers. And Akers would have had a horrific day if he didn't walk that last touchdown in. Kyron Williams did all the work, getting him down to the one. And Akers just walked it in. So I'm not, I'm not saying I'm dropping Cam Akers, but I will say that definitely keep an eye on him, what he does these next couple of weeks, because he might not have a spot on your roster if they keep using Kyron Williams like this. 100%. 100%. All right. That does it for the game. Oh, yeah, Cowboys, Cowboys, Giants. Cowboys just absolutely shellacked the Giants last night, yeah. right? That makes Zach very, very happy. Um, oh, yeah. <laughs> Now, we caught Tony Pollard, like, <laughs> long story. You can't take too much out of this game, to be honest with no. you, especially on the Giants side. Like, don't worry about Saquon. Don't worry about uh, Daniel Jones. Don't worry about Darren Waller. Like, these guys will be fine, you know, especially Waller and, and Barkley. Okay. Um, it's good for Waller. Like, he got some rest for his hamstring um, in the second half. <laughs> yeah. You know, but they, they it was just too much. The good thing with Pollard, Pollard, for some reason, was playing into the fourth quarter. But, um, you know, Pollard was basically, like, that dude. Like, he was the guy. Okay? Goal line carries, you know, everything. Okay? So, he's getting, like, 80% of the work. It's exactly what you want to see. He has the ability to finish as the RB1. And if he, if he, finish, if he does what he's doing right now, what we saw yesterday... He's he could easily he's going to finish top five like period, yeah. So from um, that game, just yeah. the nature of the game, the weather being horrific, and it being a blowout, like you can't even. I was frustrated. I told you this. I said this while we were on the pod. I think or after the pod yesterday, I was like, you can't even take anything out of the Cowboys' offense either, because right. of course they're going to run the ball in that weather. Dak Prescott only had to throw it throw it twenty four times. He had a hundred yards. Like <laughs> there's going to be much better games down the road for these guys, but. The only thing is, CeeDee Lamb, he had four catches, but it was for 77 yards. So he actually came through for it, even though it was 
a positive game script from play one. They first right. time the Cowboys got on the field, they had scored a touchdown already. <laughs> you know what I mean? So they didn't have to do a whole lot of work in the passing game. It'll be a much more fancy conducive game when our two teams meet next week in Dallas. That's going to be a good one. 2400 Sports is an Odyssey company.